You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with another incredible guest today. Our guest, Val Sieber, is a Forbes-featured designer and remote work advocate. His work has been featured in the Washington Post, Fast Company, and Entrepreneur Magazine, among others. His career as a creative professional spans from an art director to a creative director, winning awards on projects for some of the most renowned brands in the world, like Nokia, Disney, and Toyota, just to name a few. He's found his way to working remotely since 2015 and has been dedicated to training creative professionals who want to build a career that inspires them while living an abundant life. Welcome to the show, Bal. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm very good. I'm happy to be here and happy to connect with you. Beautiful. And so remote work right now, that's that you guys are in Mexico? Yeah, we're in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Been here for a little bit, uh, considering that we're digital nomads and tend to move around. We've been here for two years. And uh, it's kind of nice to have, you know, we have an apartment that we were able to convert one of the rooms into an office. So it's uh, being a digital nomad for so many years, it's nice to have like a big monitor and a gaming chair and just kind of all the... Uh, all the nice attributes of your own office. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, you know, outside of that bio, what would you say is your your superpower? My superpower? Let's see. That's a tough one. Um, I would say maybe um, really visualizing my goals, um, like very, very specifically, and then reverse engineering the steps that I need to take to get there. Meaning uh, a lot of people make goals, myself included, and they tend to be very kind of broad, like I want to make more money or I want to get healthier or I want a better job. And they have trouble actually achieving those goals because it's they're, they're too nondescript. Um, so what I've managed to do, and it's been a slow ride and an ongoing ride, but I enjoy the journey, is I just like really imagine vividly exactly what my ideal lifestyle is. And then I figure out what's missing and develop the milestones and just kind of gradually chip away until I get there. Yeah. And, you know, living the the digital nomad lifestyle is pretty much one of those things that it's not conventional. You really have to create it from saying, okay, I want to design my life this way. What, you know, and looking back in, in, in the path that you've taken to get to these crazy audacious goals that you've been setting. I'm sure there's been some major risks that you've had to take along the way. Do you want to share a story of maybe the biggest risk of your life and what was going through your head at the time? Sure. Uh, that one's a little easier because it would probably be the day that I decided to quit my job and pursue a remote lifestyle. Um, it kind of been like something that I wanted to do for, for years. This is around 2016. And uh, I'd been a creative director for years and years, working in person, in offices, uh, wonderful jobs, living in Santa Monica, great people, like nothing to complain about. But year after year, after a decade plus of doing this, going to the same place, I noticed that, you know, I didn't take much vacation. And when I did, it was usually to go camping with the boys or something. I wasn't one of these people that like really, really traveled that much. And that felt like it was missing 
So once I had that seed planted, it was still another two years before I finally um, quit my job. And I, I had to go freelance at that time. There weren't as many opportunities as there is now to like have a job, like be employed as a remote worker. Uh, kind of the only way that you could do it, or at least the way I felt that I could do it was, was to become a freelancer. And I hadn't been freelancing my entire life. I'd had jobs. I'd, all I knew was like an employer, a steady paycheck. So taking that leap, uh, I think I had about 12 grand in my account, which is like not that much. And I had a, had one client and I had a three month contract and I wasn't sure how I was going to get more clients or how all that was going to work. Um, so yeah, I just went for it and immediately started screwing up. Um, first thing I did was I, I decided to go to Hong Kong because that was like on my bucket list. I, I was like, okay, I'm a digital nomad now. I get to go wherever I want. So I went to the furthest place possible and then quickly realized that time zones are a thing. Uh, they impact the way that you can uh, work and collaborate with your team. Um, so that was an amazing month in, in Hong Kong, but a tough one for my work. And yeah, plenty of follies since then, but I would say that was like a pretty big risk. And there were some ups and downs, but I got through it. Yeah, beautiful. The time zones just killed me. This is I'm in Eastern Europe right now. And just trying to schedule our interview was a was a tough one. But we got it. We got it. So yeah, you yeah. Know, another thing I love to, you know, thank you for sharing that it's it's taking that leap is one of the, the scariest things. And it takes a lot longer than we think to you stick the landing. There's a lot to figure out along the way. And that, that kind of leads into, you know, the next question I on the show, I really love to celebrate individuals who are making an effort to leave a positive impact in the world. You know, so what would you say, you know, with with your current projects, how are you how are you positively impacting the world and how are you helping um, nomads find their find their bearings and, and get their wings? Yeah, great question. Um, over the last six years, trials and tribulations, like I just mentioned, Hong Kong. And, um, you know, the community has changed. Back when I started, I didn't really know any other digital nomads or even remote workers. And um, I've just spent a long time kind of adjusting and optimizing that kind of work-life balance. And uh, that, that goes with mindset that goes with uh, tools, that goes with training. And uh, I, I used to post a lot on Instagram, so I get a lot of questions from young creative people that wanted to kind of live the lifestyle that I was living. Of course, it's Instagram, so I only post the coolest looking stuff. So a lot of DMs of like, hey man, I want your life. How do I get that? Um, so I just started gradually creating more content around like, okay, here's uh, some of the steps you can take. And uh, I had this one of the one of these audacious goals that I had was to at some point own my own company that was helping others and where I had a partner. And um, we have that now. Um, my girlfriend and I, Catherine, uh, just launched soft launch career anywhere. And there's a book involved and it's essentially helping either either young people that want to build the career of their dreams, which often is remote or even people that are mid-career like I was at one point that are maybe a little bit stuck. Maybe they have an office job. Maybe they actually really like the job. They just don't like that they're, they have to go to an office or maybe they 
they, they feel that little feeling of like, this isn't quite right for me. Um, so we create tools and training uh, that help walk people through the, the steps. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier about like that visualization and then like understanding what your life could be and what it should be. And then really getting clear on who you are and mm. what avenue you can go. A lot of aspiring digital nomads and just uh, career-oriented people that don't know how to take it remote. The the issue is that they they don't have a clear next step. They just kind of like think about it, strategize, plan, but they don't really have like a thing that they can do to get the ball rolling. And I certainly know how that feels. So that's what we try and help them with. That's beautiful. And I'd love to I'd love to get in a little bit more about how to envision that lifestyle and 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 craft uh craft a vision that excites you and invigorates you because so many of us really just settle for whatever's handed to us and we don't and we accept the scraps from the table without actually questioning what we're truly capable of or what life might look like if we were absolutely truly fulfilled so what are some of the so what are some of the things you can share around how somebody can go about envisioning that lifestyle and creating a plan around that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, first thing is what you just described, which is kind of reversing the mindset. A lot of us, we found a job or a career, and then we sort of designed our life around that. So what I want you to do is start with the lifestyle that you want, and then you build your career around that. So you kind of flip it on its head. Uh, first thing I tell people to do is just imagine Money wasn't an issue. Imagine you're, you have unlimited wealth. What does your typical day look like? And by that, I don't mean if, if you're imagining yourself on a yacht surrounded by models, then you're missing the point. What I mean is like, where are you? Who are you with? What are you working on? Um, you know, like, what does that look like? And then once you're super clear on that, you want to imagine which archetype that you are, which you identify as. Are you... Someone that, um, are you a maker? Are you a helper? Are you an analyzer? Like see which one fits in with you and then identify your natural gifts. Natural gifts are like, they're your propensity when you're a kid. Think, imagine before you went to school, before you got the pressures from the world to, to choose a certain career, were you the kind of person that um, made a lot of puzzles? Were you part of the chess club? Were you someone that liked to draw? Um, just did you take things apart and rebuild them? Just like think about your natural gifts that you really you you have intrinsically. Then think about your learned skills. What have you learned? Maybe it was in school. Maybe it was over time. Um, are you a fantastic writer? Um, are you are you really have a natural propensity for the visuals? Like what actual skills do you have? And then once you get all that in order, and you have this vision for this ideal lifestyle. Now you can start researching different careers and different jobs. Um, so you, you just hit the pavement, so to speak, the virtual pavement online, see what's out there, um, see the different types of roles, understand what they need, look at the requirements. And, um, you know, you have to be realistic of what people actually want. So, you know, if you have dreams of being a graffiti artist, you know, maybe that's not it's something, you know, you got to find something that you can be passionate about, but that people are willing to pay for. And then, and then that would be, those would be the biggest keys is getting like really clear on what your vision is for your ideal life. And then identifying who you truly are, your archetype, helper, analyzer, maker, 
what you're naturally gifted at and then what skills can you learn or do you already have and then that way you have a basic plan that you can move forward on which is the like i was saying the hardest part people find it very difficult to commit in any certain direction it's almost like they have career fomo right mm -hmm. so you just need to like get those foundation elements in line and then you can you can start stepping forward and if you have to pivot later it's fine you just pivot but at least you started i love that yeah it reminds me a lot of of naval ravikan's um tweet around you know find find the thing that when you're doing it it feels like it's play others might look at it and feel like it's work but those yeah. are the things that you have that propensity for that natural propensity and you know as we're starting you know this new path we've we've outlined okay this is the vision i want there's a an element of an identity shift that kicks in when we when we're tackling something new and especially if we're going against the grain maybe it's like we're 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 starting a new career um launching a new business there's going to be tons of setbacks you know for us to step into this role challenges that we haven't foreseen how do you how do you advise people when they're when they're first starting out and they hit a wall what tips do you have to keep the head in the game and keep going for the long run um that would come back to that original visualization and the the clarity around the goals so um while I agree with Naval Ravikant that if you if you can find something that you're passionate about, then then work feels like play. But there's also a reality that no work always feels like play. Like let's say you uh, love photography and you've decided you're going to become a professional photographer. There is going to be a time when you will not feel like taking those pictures or editing those photos or dealing with that client feedback. Like there's always going to be a grind. It is absolutely a hundred percent part of it. So my advice there is to manifest your passion, meaning it is actually a choice. A lot of people think passion is kind of like this lightning bolt that just sort of hits you and now you're passionate and sweet, but really any, any creative professional that's been on their grind knows that work becomes work. Um, and so you're going to have those dips, you're going to hit those walls. And that's when you just like, keep in mind what you're doing it for. This is, this is where you want to go. This is what you want to be. That's why it's so important to have those very clear goals, not just kind of like, yeah, I want to, you know, be, have, have more, I want to be like that person or whatever. I want to look like that person on Instagram. Like you want to be very, very clear. And then you just enjoy the journey. You enjoy that journey and that challenging stuff, those walls those obstacles, I mean, that's just part of it. So as long as you don't get wiped out, uh, you're good. You know, the only way you can really lose is if you quit, just, mm -hmm. just keep motoring through. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I, I'd also like to hear, because I don't get a chance to talk with many designers and, uh, very creative oriented folks on the show all the time, you know, how do, how do we integrate the, the, like from a designer standpoint, as we're building our brand, how do we integrate a story that's visually compelling to tell our message and tell our story? Like to get new clients uh, and create community and that kind of thing. I love the I love the aspect of community because that's something that is huge for me. So yeah, if if we can kind of maybe capture that aspect, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, I feel like they're one and the same. 
Um, one of the tactics that I employed early on that worked very well for me is when I started being a digital nomad, I didn't really, like I said, know anyone. It's kind of like I left all my friends um, and then I would go to these new cities and I didn't have anyone there. So I, I used Instagram primarily, a little bit of LinkedIn. Um, but as a creative person, I had a propensity for that, um, you know, taking photos, taking videos, drawing on top of them. And, you know, I, I just shared, shared, shared my journey. Um, that would be the big tip is just to share your journey and take the time to connect with others. That means, you know, you want to put yourself out there. You want to be vulnerable. You want to share the knowledge that you have. So whatever level you're at, um, let's say you're a video editor, but you've only been doing it for a couple of years. You know, you want to like talk to other people that are interested in video editing and kind of just share your process and share where you're at in, in your journey and some of the struggles and wins. And that does two, two incredibly valuable things. One, that will attract your tribe, right? Before you know it, you'll have people reaching out to you and wanting to be friends. And another wonderful thing is it actually attracts clients too, because mm. they see that you know what you're talking about. They see that you're real. They see that you're genuine. They get to see little snippets of your work. Uh, so that endears you to them. Um, and that was, uh, that's something I used to, when I was going to a new city, I would go on Instagram and I would look up um, like that city. And then I would look at all the posts from that city and like people that looked cool, like they'd be fun to hang out with. I would DM them and be like, Hey, I'm coming to town. Like you want to do a shoot or something. And I've actually made uh, some lifelong friends that I still have now just through doing that. And some of those friends, some of those people or some of the people that see me doing that, it just so happens they're running a digital marketing agency and they've got a project going on and they've been following me for the last two years and they admire me now. And they're just like, Hey, I got a chance to work with this guy. So they hit me up and offer me work. Um, it, so it really works like very lovely in that way. If you just get out of your shell, share your journey, um, I always tell people to think about their, their process, their work process. If you're, if you're like, what should I, you know, like share, like my food, my exercise routine, like share the process of, of you working. Like, what does that look like? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, around the, the digital nomad thing, you know, one of the, one of the hurdles that I particularly run into, and I'd love to hear just kind of how you deal with that is, is really like maintaining relationships because as you're bouncing around, uh, so often you'll kind of run into people, then they'll go on their journey. How do you maintain community and relationships while you're traveling? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, there's two ways. One is, uh, I think we all know it. It's, it is what we just talked about. It's, it's maintaining a social presence, sharing your journey, um, really like putting yourself out there in a real way, not just kind of the, the beautiful stuff, but like some of the behind the scenes stuff. And what I've found is that people that I encounter and I make very close friends with and we, and we go off, but now we're following each other on Instagram. And if they're sharing and I'm sharing, you know, we could run into each other like a year or two later. And it's like, it was like, it was yesterday because we, we know what's going on in each other's lives. And you know, we use the tools. We'll send each other like little audio messages here and there and like congratulate each other on things like that. So that that keeps the relationship strong. And if they're a good friend, then you'll you'll find yourself um, still with them. 
And then the other way is uh, make sure all your friends are digital nomads so that you can <laughs> hang out together. Basically, um, well, one of the like best digital nomad travel hacks I could think of is like once you've collected, say, five, six, like really good people that you want to spend time with, you're like, hey, guys, let's uh, let's go to Puerto Escondido. Let's find a, a mansion that has five bedrooms and let's kick it there for a few months. And and you all just you just keep hanging out. You just kind of keep the road trip going. Yes, absolutely. So I'm excited to hang out with you guys when I'm when I'm down in Mexico. Um, yeah. So final question, what would uh, when it comes to, you know, building dreams, I really believe that our dreams are built on the actions we make. And the actions are ultimately built on the decisions we make on a daily basis. Do you have a favorite decision-making framework or a mental model that you found particularly helpful when making decisions? Hmm. Um, yes, this might be a little bit out there, but uh, I like to break myself down into three separate people, not like people, but it's sort of like one is my, my consciousness, that's the person steering the ship. And I almost think of it as like a military team. They're the one in charge. And then there's the chief. And that's kind of like my values and my goals and my mission. And then lastly, there's the operator, which is like my ego and my meat suit and like the, the boots on the ground that's doing the work every day. Um, and a lot of people just are the meat suit. And, and I, I think of that person, that ego-driven physical human as you know, capable of doing a lot, but if left to his own devices, he will forget the mission and he will, um, you know, get attached to his feelings and emotions and they'll end up impacting his actions. So he needs to check in with chief, his, his manager, you know, once or twice a day. And, uh, so, so usually in front of a mirror, so often in the restroom, I will just like check myself and just kind of like, as though I'm talking to my commanding officer, and and just like tell myself like how i'm feeling and then i'll go into the chief mode and be like okay i understand you know deploy some empathy like you would if you had a, a direct report and then be like well here's what you should be doing and i'll go do it and then i'll just be like all right sounds good let's go um and then and then that chief checks in with the, the captain the consciousness and that's more like meditative moments when like those two are chit-chatting and kind of like getting staying aligned um, but the analogy works well with like a military kind of hierarchy, except there's just only one operator and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so great. I'm going to use that. So I, I, I do something similar, but it's not as it's not as colorful. I love it. The meat, the meat suit is great. Well, fantastic. So, Bal, how do we how do we stay in touch? How do we hear about the book? How do we how do we find out about all the cool projects that you have going on? Yeah, um, it's careeranywhere.co. So careeranywhere.co, that's the website. Uh, that's our Instagram, our YouTube. But if you go to the website, you'll see the book. We've got a monthly planner. We've got a free workbook, which takes you through the exercises that I was describing of identifying your archetype, your natural gifts, your learned talents, and, uh, and even like helping you do the research to identify a particular vocation that you can kind of take that step towards free to download uh it's colorful it's kind of like um question and answer fill in the blanks check boxes kind of thing so it's sort of fun um but yeah head on over there check us out 
um, and, and, and reach out and say hi. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your story, Bal. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Noah. Take care, dude. See you soon. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.